just clarify, you're not actually planning on interviewing me, right? You're just <laughs> doing this Mary Tyler Moore thing? Oh, no, this is, a, this is a deep and probing interview. I need to ask you all about your time at Colgate and as part of the cavity <laughs> creeps. <laughs> you want to tell the folk singer to fuck off? Welcome to Rhymes Against Humanity. I am your host, Sean Spicer, and uh, I am very happy to announce that the last episode of Rhymes Against Humanity was downloaded by 1.5 million people, so we're very, very happy to have that happening to us. So, uh, so thank you for tuning in to Rhymes Against Humanity. I just want to say a few things, and then uh, uh, then we'll get the fuck out of here. It's been uh, a couple of weeks since we... Uh, uh, the last time I came at you, I told you that we were doing a benefit at uh, Milk Boy for... Uh, uh, for a bunch of causes, Penn Environment and the AC motherfucking LU and uh, the, the the attic, the it's like the children's attic. I, I, you look it up. Anyway, we we raised we raised uh, um, uh, almost fifteen hundred dollars for those worthy causes that night, and so that was really really good. And awesome. I I got a little sick afterwards because I sang into the same microphone as twenty dirtbag musicians. So one of those fuckers got me sick. It might have been Susan Rossetti because she came in a little sick. But it also I can't actually blame it on her. And if I was to catch a virus from her. Uh, the, but, but we, but so, so we did that. That was a, that was, that was a nice, good time. And then of course that was on inauguration night. And since then the world has, oh my God, it's been a, a rough couple of weeks. And there's a few things I, 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 I want to say about that. Um, amongst the other things that happened, um, <clears throat> uh, the, uh, the president, uh, what's his face, um, nominated a Supreme Court justice. I don't really know much about him, uh, but I can only I have I've been sort of away from the uh, from from the newses all day. So I, I hear that he's a, a, a literalist. So I, I'm looking forward to him explaining uh, uh, questions that, that that some Democratic senators might have uh, for him about the uh, uh, on the Constitution about uh, the emoluments clause and other specifics and hearing hearing him wriggle. But whatever. Um, Antonin Scalia died about a year ago. And I can fix the Supreme Court. I can fix it, man. Like MacGyver it. Here's the thing. Antonin Scalia died about a year ago, and it threw the, the, the world and it threw many you know, judicial American judicial rulings into chaos. And uh, no one single man should be that important, should be that powerful that his absence changes uh, 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 law and, and precedent in such a way. The Supreme Court is, as every other part of the institution uh, of, of, the, of, of the institution of America, uh, uh, flawed and perhaps broken. And I can fix it, man. I can to- my, my, my old man's got this ultimate set of tools. I can fix it. And here's how I'm going to fix it. I mean, assuming that I had control of the Constitution, uh, I guess I'd have to run for president and then ignore the Constitution in order to do such. But, uh, but what I can do is... The Supreme Court shouldn't be nine dudes. First of all, it shouldn't be lifetime terms anymore because you used to live to you know the average life expectancy for even rich white slave-owning men was around 62 or whatever. They got appointed at uh, 58. They served four years, and and that was it. And then they you know you catch a cold or you 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 cut your you you you, you cut your leg walking in the street on the way home, and that's a fucking death sentence. So that's the way it should be. But now these guys are living to be a million, and they're too powerful to uh, to, to 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 resign. So Supreme Court term should be 25 years because here's the thing. When you get that old, 
You don't know, you don't have your finger on the fucking pulse anymore. You, oftentimes you barely have your own pulse. You don't have your finger on the pulse anymore and you should not be. I'm going to tell you about a man named Joe Paterno. And Joe Paterno is, was a bad and evil man. But also Joe Paterno was allowed to stay in his position for too fucking long. And his mores and the way you reacted to uh, uh, sex offenders in his day was not the, the, the way that you do it today. And he was left too long as king. And these people don't, they, they don't, they're, they're old and they're out of touch. And so it should be a 25-year. But not only that, it shouldn't just be nine guys, man. Nine is too few. Because when one guy dies, there's too much. It should be 27 guys. It, um, and here's the way I've got it. I've worked this all out. Uh, uh, and it's a nice baseball number. We're going to stick with the math. There are, 27, there are 27 Supreme Court justices. You can't have 27 of them on the bench all asking questions at the, at the one poor petitioner. So you have nine at any given trial. And they decide amongst themselves which the nine are, and they have questions. But if you are one of the 18 who isn't on, on deck that day, who isn't, on the, uh, who isn't starting in the starting lineup, you know what? you got friends in the, in the court. Hopefully you can make a friend amongst the, other, <laughs> amongst the other 26 dudes, and you can get your question asked. And so the questions will get asked, and then they, ta- they all take that and they deliberate. So when one guy dies, uh, um, it doesn't matter. One twenty-seventh of the of the Supreme Court is gone, not one ninth. And so a guy like Scalia would be, ah, oh, you know, whatever, you know, who is a troll in every sense of the word. Um, and but but his loss would not be such a huge and great impact. And then the way you're going to get to this twenty-seven from the nine is that every uh, 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 each party will 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 nominate one guy until we till they reach twenty-seven. You'll start at nine, and each year you'll you'll uh, you'll. Uh, add two more until you get up to 27 and those will be 25 year terms they'll all be staggered and so every president will get to a point sum as these guys roll off so you don't have to worry about uh, Supreme Court justices aren't going to worry about having to hold on until a president that they, that isn't completely batshit comes into office because um, that's a recipe for design. so this is how I'm going to fix the Supreme Court which is not why we're here to talk today that's just a thing that happened so uh, amongst the other things that happened was that uh, you noticed that uh, Donald Trump had his uh, he had his inauguration and that, that nobody came to him. and then he bragged about how many people came to it. It was but uh, as as you noticed that I uh, I, I noted before that uh, uh, if he said it was a nice big crowd and it looked a little thin, but if you took the co- the sides of his crowd and sort of combed them up onto the top of his crowd, it looked like a perfectly big crowd. <laughs> so uh, and then then I became obsessed. I don't know about you, but I became obsessed with. Uh, uh, with Melania for like a day because you know she never she she didn't you know he, he, they don't seem to enjoy each other's company and can you blame her um, and so she kind of made a bad I feel you know I don't know but she kind of made a bad career choice is that she's like look I'll I'll fuck a billionaire he's old I'll get my my prenuptial settlement and that'll be fine I'll have a I'll have a kid he'll be gone I'll get to move out of this gold piece of crap this ridiculous house I live in you know and of course I'm inside her head because she and I we I understand I can tell by looking at her you know uh, and so I became like obsessed with her because she made a you know, and, and he decided to do this. And she's like, I didn't sign up for this. I signed up for just like regular fucking an old orange guy for a few years. Yeah, exa- exactly. But exactly right. You know, you made the deal. So so I became obsessed with her. And then, then I, I thought to myself, you know, like I, I saw the two of them dancing and I, and I was like, God bless immigrants because they do the jobs that uh, that Americans don't <laughs> won't do. So. They get the job done. They get the job done. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, like Hamilton reference. Um, so, uh, uh, but then the other thing happened that sort of, sort of hit me hard is Mary Tyler Moore died. 
Um, and it turns out that I went through a phase, and I thought I was unique. I went through a phase where I was a pretty fanatical Mary Tyler Moore fan, but it turns out every boy about my age was a pretty fanatical Mary Tyler Moore fan because she was fucking amazing, right? And when um, I remember how, and as a matter of fact, my a good friend of mine, uh, um, uh, uh, Sharon, uh, once brought me at a show, she brought me, she, she, uh, Mary Tyler Moore had uh, diabetes, juvenile diabetes, she had diabetes of some sort. And she was a big deal in the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation. She was a macher and, and made a lot of uh, money, raised a lot of money. And so uh, my friend uh, Sharon is w- involved in all that. Uh, and she brought me once a, a, a TV guide with, with, uh, with Mary on the cover that was signed by, uh, by, by Ms. Tyler Moore. I think it got destroyed in a flood in a basement. Uh, and, and so I'm sorry for that because I should have framed it and didn't. Uh, um, I, I'm not sure there's another box I think it might be in, but, uh, but that, that's a shame. But, uh, but I like to think that, uh, that Mary, w- w- when, when she signed it, was like, tell me more about this Adam guy. Folk, folk music, you say? Anti-folk? What, uh, what exactly? That's fascinating. Yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> Does he have spunk? <laughs> so... Um, so Mary Tyler Moore died, and, and I remember, and I was asking my friend Julie here, who is, who, who is here, so basically I'm just not talking into a microphone, I'm talking at another person, <laughs> and she's nodding and smiling politely. Tell us what we are drinking, what are we drinking, Julie, what, what, what do you oh, got for us? Uh, right now we're drinking a pomo, mm-hmm. which is a, uh, a drink from Normandy, a mix of Calvados, which is kind of an apple brandy, and uh, French hard cider. And they tend to drink it at the end of the evening as they call it the true Normand, the, the Normandy hole, to kind of uh, open things up in your stomach when you've had a little too much to eat. And we had a fabulous dinner. We had, yes, that was, we had a great so, dinner. When so Julie comes to town, I, I, I eat like a, like a successful folk singer. I, I eat like... It's just <laughs> No, you're right. I, I actually, uh, I eat like a person with another kind of job. <laughs> uh, but it was, we went to William Hearn, a place that needs some vowels. William Hearn and Sons. We, we had a good time. We had a great time. And our, our waiter, Seth, was amazing. I liked Seth. Seth yes. was good. Seth was, we had, we had all kinds of, we, we, did, we stayed away from the veal, but uh, we had a little bit of foie gras. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? So it wasn't, it was a little bit. It less, was his happy goose. It was, it was he, he wanted it. I could tell. Um, so, so but the thing about Mary Tyler Moore, as I was talking, um, is that I discovered Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, I'm sort of old enough that I kind of remember her show was on. Um, I have a friend, my friend Chris. Mm-hmm. He's not on the spectrum or anything, but if you ask Chris uh, uh, between like 1974 and 1985, uh, name any show, he will tell you what time it was on and what network. And so I just checked. I said, Chris, and I thought I knew this, and I actually knew it too, but, uh, but I said, Chris, Mary Tyler Moore Show. And he said, 8.30 CBS Saturday night. I'm like, all righty, bud. So I think See, he's right. Me, I'm kind of amazed that you don't have one of your homeboys here because I didn't pay a lot of attention to Mary Tyler Moore. Yes, because like we discussed like, earlier, you did not have an unruly 13-year-old boner. Yeah, like Lou Grant didn't really do it for me. <laughs> And I'm like, that's not the Mary Tyler Moore song that I vaguely remember. Right. Be- so, like, what's the story with that? Because I can kind of remember. I mean, I did watch a few of those shows. And Ted Knight, right? And Hi, guys. Yeah. Very funny. Yes. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. But the song, the original song, uh, um, was written by Sonny Curtis, who I believe was one of Buddy Holly, Holly's crickets. Huh. 
Um, and Sonny Curtis wrote this song. Uh, they he called him. Uh, uh, Mary was married to. It's either Brandon Tartikoff or Grant Tinker. I think it's Tartikoff. But the thing is, when my but sister in real life, in real life, oh. yeah, yeah, it was for a while. Okay. And when my sister, my sister said something once. She she, she named. She, she was trying to remember which one, and she called him. She called that person Grant Tinkertoff, and so which is brilliant. <laughs> And now I can't know, I don't know who is who. Uh-huh. But the guy that was married to Mary, if it is Brandon Tartikoff, whichever guy it was, from everything I've heard from people telling uh, uh, old Hollywood stories, was like a, a legit mensch. Mm-hmm. And so, so he, was, he was a good guy. So I'm glad that he got to bone Mary Tyler Moore for a few years there. So, but he gave her a show. And the original premise of the Mary Tyler Moore show was that she was, uh, they were going to make her a divorcee, but they didn't want to make her a divorcee because they would have, everyone would have thought that she broke up with Rob Petrie with Dick Van Dyke. Oh, God. So here's the, the thing. Dick Van Dyke foot show. Well, because I'm at home. Like now, now, Mary Tyler Moore I saw almost in primetime. I think mostly, I, I saw a few of them in primetime. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, the Dick Van Dyke show, I didn't see, like I stayed home from school sick. And I was, you know, you're flipping through the channels and you see this old black and white show and you're like, holy shit, that's Mary Tyler Moore. That's the girl from the other show. And I, I, I didn't know, like, that a person could be two things. That, 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 because that I'm, I'm, my whole like life has been a flash. Like, like nothing has ever, you know, I've always lived when we walked, like nothing has ever changed. I'm only eight or whatever. So like, no, time doesn't pass. I mean, this is who you are and this is how things are. I didn't realize that a person could be one character and once in another. And I thought I had cracked the code and I went into school the next day. And I'm like, guys, you know Mary Tyler Moore? And they're like, uh, kind of? What? What? And I said, but in earlier, there was this Laura Petrie girl and it was the same actress. And, and no one gave a fucking rat's ass. <laughs> But I fell in love with Laura Petrie, as many of us did, mm-hmm. and she was she was fantastic. And then she then she was married Tyler Moore. She had those little capri pants. The capri pants, and you know the whole story. They they wouldn't let. Uh, um, they were upset about they they sent the network sent notes about how tight the pants could be because there was mm-hmm. cupping. They didn't want you to be able to see her her tushy, which was very very nice. Um, and this is the result. <laughs> what is that? I'm I'm a huge Mary Tyler Moore fan. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's all about the cupping. It's all about the it's all about the cupping. You sound like a like an Olympic swimmer. Um. So anyway, so 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 the show was the the was that she was going to be a divorcee, but they didn't want to make her a divorcee. So so they the the they only barely mentioned they mentioned the pilot and maybe a couple of other times is that she left. She she decided the marriage wasn't before they got married. She said fuck this and drove away and started a new life. And the very first season. The song is is gentler. The horns don't come in so soon, and the song, the very the first couple of lines are are fucking like they're devastating. Like listen to these these lines sometimes make me cry. Like like sometimes I wake up and I think, oh my god, I'm Mary Tyler Moore, I'm Mary Richards. How will you make it on your own? This world is awfully big. And girl, this time you're all alone But it's time you started living It's time you let someone else do some giving Love is all around, no need to waste it You can have the town, why don't you take it? You might just make it after all like that. And so those first few lines, um, this world is awfully big and girl, this time you're all alone. I'm like, holy shit, man, that's hard. That is beautiful. And 
I imagine at that time it was really unusual. I mean, that was still in the early 70s. 1970, so, I, I believe, was the first episode. So for like a woman, an unmarried woman, to leave her entire family and like go off to the big city and stuff would have still been pretty shocking. Right. At that, I mean, my parents didn't do anything like that. Right. Yes. Yeah, so it was, and then then all there's all the feminism in the show. All the mm-hmm. like the they called it subtle feminism. You know. But then the one that I remember is what you can turn the world on with your smile, which is a much more optimistic song. Right, right. Because what happens is, so the show becomes a hit. So Sonny Curtis, who wrote the song, and I, I just heard an interview with him, is that he says, um, uh, they, they call him up and they ask him for this song, and he writes, he's like, yeah, I wrote it in like 10 minutes. And frankly, if I knew the show was going to be such a hit, I probably would have spent more time on it and ruined it, which I think is a really great phrase, because like, I totally understand, identify with that. It's like, so I wrote it in 10 minutes, I gave him a song. And when it was a hit, they decided they had to change it. And so he, um, he, he ended up, the, 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 the second year, uh, it, it goes, um, this is the one everybody knows with the horns and everything. Who can turn the world on with her smile? A nothing day and suddenly make it all seem worthwhile. Well, it's you, girl, and you should know it. With each smile and every little movement, you show it. Love is all around, no need to waste it. You can have the town, why don't you take it? You might, oh, then it goes, you're gonna make it after all. You're gonna make it after, and then she throws her hat up. So, uh, um, so yeah, like the whole thing so has much more optimistic, right? And then there's horn, the, all the, uh, the French horns come in because it's 1974, and so it's so, and that's the theme song. But but those the pathos, and it's just, it's of, of the first the first version, right? I love the so uncertainty, much. yeah. And like, you might just make you, it, right? But maybe not. <laughs> So she lived in this shitty apartment. She lived in this uh, uh, apartment that had like a pull-out sofa bed. Was she didn't have a bedroom, so I guess it was a, it would be called it was like an efficiency. But it was it was really fucking big for a studio. Like, oh, it's <laughs> it was it was it was literally yeah. a studio, so it was big. But she lived in this apartment, and then they had her move in uh, season five or six. And the reason they had her move was they showed the, the, this exterior of her house, and they would you know shoot the exterior and whatever the place they shot. Maybe this is not why they made her move, but the place that they shot the exterior of was you know some some big house. You know, it's an apartment building owned by uh, Phyllis or whatever. Um, but the guy mm-hmm. uh, that owned it, he. Um, he, he put an impeach Nixon sign out front, and they couldn't get any more. They couldn't get any more uh, 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 out, outdoor shots of it because he had this giant impeach Nixon sheet banner. Did he do it in part because uh, yeah, because he knew they were filming his place. Or, that's awesome. Yeah, so they, so that's when she moved to a, to another another place, uh, um, and she moved to that other apartment. I think that's where the M first showed up. She had famously had an M on her. On, I, I I don't I didn't realize I knew this much about her. Like it's a, I was thinking you could write like the Mary Tyler. Moore it's all been written, but uh, so she started off as like the pixie hot point girl. She was like her first gig in uh, in TV was she played like a six inch pixie who was in a commercial for a hot point stove, and I think she danced on the stove. She was a dancer. Uh huh. So I could believe that. Yeah. So. so do you think was it just because she was like adorable and sexy? Or was it something like you commented on the pathos of her situation? Was that something that drew you even at an early? No, age? because they didn't really relate too much uh-huh. to that. Like it was, she was forever having a bunch of uh, uh, bad dates with wide lapeled folk uh-huh. um, and throwing bad parties. But 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 the, like the sad pathos of the show was really only in the theme song. Um, uh, the, the, the the reason I loved her was she had like an ama- she was she was beautiful. 
and in, in like this wholesome way. And she was funny as fuck and smart, even as Laura Petrie. You know, she was she was hilarious and funny and and important. She was just, you know, some some people are are, are level. I've, I've often said that uh, um, uh, I, 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 you look at John Stewart and you look at David Spade and they're both playing characters. And John Stewart's character is John Stewart. Everybody loves John Stewart. And David Spade's character. Totally right, of course. But also his character is. David. Well, yes, I don't actually know John Stewart. So all I know is the character of right. John Stewart, which is totally hot. Totally hot. Which brings us back to Mary Tyler Moore. Exactly. Although I guess she was actually a really good person. Everything everybody says is that she was genuinely, genuinely, and, and you know, she, she had like a, like, a, like a rough life. Like her son killed himself at 24, I think he shot himself, and she had uh, uh, battles with alcoholism, um, and uh-huh. yeah, and, and you know, all the, all the, all the stuff, <clears throat> all the yeah. stuff. And, and then she was, she was boxed in for a while as a, as a sitcom person, but then she got the role in Ordinary People. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so just like, I love Mary Tyler Moore, and I, I obviously never met her. She doesn't mean a thing to me, but the fact that she's dead makes me sad for myself because, you know, a piece of my life. And I remember sitting uh, 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 sick on, on, on my folks' vinyl couch with, with, with a fever watching the Dick Van Dyke show and being like, Wait, I think that's the same. Holy shit, that's the same person. You can be two people. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's uh, that. That's that's really all I got. Like, like, uh, 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 I just wanted to talk a little about Mary Tyler Moore and and how to fix the Supreme Court. I have a way to fix the Electoral College, in it, but that's for another day. Uh, um, Let's spread it out. Yeah, right. It's interesting. <laughs> so uh, the other thing, we're going to go out here with, this will be the whole episode, but we're going to go out with a song from uh, Butch Ross. I got a, uh, um, Butch is putting out a new record in March. And so I said, Butch, send me a couple, send me a song from your new record and I'll put it on my podcast and that'll get you uh, uh, all the accolades that a person could want. So Awesome. I'm excited to hear it. Thank you. So anyway, I, um, this was, like I said, last week, uh, 1.5 million people uh, downloaded the podcast. And the other thing is we would have actually been number one in the iTunes store, but there were uh, three to five million illegal votes for uh, Ira Glass and <laughs> This American Life. Uh, so so that's, that, that's definitely fraudulent. So if you guys want to go, it's sad, so sad. A friend of mine, um, my friend Shalane, wrote something on the Facebook that made me, she said that she feels like What's-His-Fuck has taken away one of her greatest pleasures, which is, you know, coming home and reading the news uh, just for a, a diversion because reading the fucking news makes me cry. Like, this is like, like uh, there's a guy named Jonathan Zunger, like, like Jonathan, I don't know, figure it out. But he has written some articles. Apparently, I, he's a friend of a friend of mine. Um, uh, uh, my, my friend Alexander, the, the, the fiddler I was telling you about that plays the violin, uh, apparently they grew up together and, and so she posted, and I've been reading his stuff and it's just so dark. He, he feels like, like, he's like, you know, you people might want to get, uh, passports and, uh, and find some Krugerrands and st- stash them away, and which seems a little dire, but the guy's so smart and the way he lays it out, I'm like, like we could be in like serious fucking trouble or I'm overblowing this. So. I think there's a tendency to catastrophize and I think it's a not unreasonable thing at this point i guess the most important thing is just don't let fear make you curl up in a ball and stop doing what you need to do i march twice every day you just have to and tomorrow's another day what's it like you're from you're 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 out in oakland california what's it what's it like out there in uh, in hippie city i mean people are angry a lot of that stuff you know they're looking about 
They're looking to take away a lot of our money as sanctuary cities in San Francisco and in Oakland. And Philadelphia. Uh, I work for the... Uh, yeah. So the mayor said, enough, go so, fuck you yourself, know, yeah. Uh, I work for the federal government, so... That's right. Ben, Cos- ben Carson's going to be your boss, right? There's some craziness <laughs> going on there. I've worked there for a long time under both Democratic and Republican administrations, and for the most part, uh, it's been fine. This is not normal. This is not normal. As you sang so eloquently. 6-8, my friend. That's the key to singing. Catchy. If you just put it in 6-8, people feel like they'll march with you. So, uh, so uh, this has been Rhymes Against Humanity. We're going to go out with a Butch Ross song. I appreciate you guys listening. Please uh, uh, please keep the fight up. It's going to be... It's going to be a long four years. I looked on the bottle of Tums that, uh, that I had in the car today. They, the, the bottle of Tums expires in uh, October of 2020. So it's as if the bottle of Tums saw this coming. <laughs> so uh, so stay, stay gold, Pony Boy. We will uh, we'll take you out with Butch Ross. Thank you for listening to Rhymes Against Humanity. Uh, uh, we'll be back soon. And we are clear. The money comes out of Dad's bill full. Come out of mom's purse The 64 Dodge doesn't make a sound Even when you put it in reverse It's got a push-button transmission High-top convertible four-door It's November of 1963 And the brand-new Dodge is a 64 Remember